Welcome to Redemption from Addiction podcast. This podcast is a Christian ministry aimed at helping people overcome their addiction by sharing personal testimonies about their journey. The testimonies shared have a common theme, and that is how Jesus Christ touched their lives and walked them through the entire process, and is still walking with them today. I hope that you will be touched by these stories and you'll take the next step and invite Jesus into your life and let him redeem you from the strongholds of addiction. to Redemption from Addiction podcast. Uh, this will be podcast number 12. Uh, today's date is December 23rd, uh, 2021. I've got a special guest with me today, uh, Rachel McCants. Uh, so Rachel reached out to me uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, on a platform that connects hosts and guests and things like that. And I haven't, I haven't received a guest in, up until now. So Rachel, thank you for uh, for having interest in joining. So, um, little bit different story about Rachel. Rachel, uh, doesn't have a, an addiction testimony, but she does have a a powerful story of overcoming, um, something that happened in her life just over the past five years. So I'm going to just read over a little bit what I know about Rachel, and then we'll get into a discussion, her sharing her testimony. So, um, Rachel, is she holds a bachelor's degree in communication from University of Texas in Arlington. Um, you were born and raised in Dallas, Texas, right? Um, certified Zumba instructor. Um, you're going to share with us today a health scare that you had back in 2016. Um, and since then, and uh, I think for the last maybe year or so, you've, you do a early dose of Jesus uh, get together in the morning. So she's going to spend some time talking about that. Uh, her upbringing, where she goes to church, I'm really encouraged about um, her background, uh, the Christian family that she was brought up in. Um, so, Rachel, welcome uh, to the show. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Introduce yourself. Let's get this thing started. Yes, let's do it. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here today, and I am just so thankful to be a guest on this incredible podcast, and I hope to encourage and just love to share my story because God is so good. I am an author and speaker and founder of R. Lindsay, with an A, Unlimited, and I was born and raised in Dallas. Like Matt said, my health was impacted in a major way in 2016. A growing grade three brain tumor, benign by the grace of God, inspired 
Arlen's Unlimited, a business devoted to encourage, inspire, and challenge ladies to discover and raise their self-worth and standards, not settle and walk in God's will in all aspects of their lives. I published my first book by the grace of God called The Ladies, ladies as We Love Ourselves. It's a six-step program to self-worth. And don't be shy, guys. You know, many men tell me that, well, specifically my brothers tell me that self-worth is not gender specific. And a lot of my friends, their husbands enjoy Ladies As We Love Ourselves. So come on, join us, enjoy it and read it. Um, now Christians hire me to ignite a dose of Jesus because most do not seek him first. They get too busy, get too stressed, and they fall short of accomplishing their goals. I support them to achieve growth in their relationship with Christ and become more productive through a morning routine. Because bottom line, it's by his grace. Amen. Amen. So um, let, take me through your, your life a little bit. Um, I know we've, we've talked a little bit, and um, I want to talk about uh, the early, early part of your life from, you know, age of remembrance, if you will. You know, for me, I can remember maybe age of five or six. Um, but take me, take me through that, you know, uh, family dynamics, siblings, relationships with uh, your parents, people, um, I'd say all the way up until maybe the age of um, early adulthood, teenage years. Yeah, totally. So I grew up in in the perfect, I'm using air quotes for audio, uh, the perfect family structure as people would uh, see it or say it would be. Uh, I had my mother and my father until about the age of five. And a little bit before the age of five is really what I remember. That was like the happiest time in my life because my parents were together. We loved each other. It's like we were the three musketeers and it was fun. And I prayed every night for a little sister and I was blessed with a little sister. After I got my little sister, a few, I don't even think it's a year, but, or two maybe, my dad left the family and I was five. And so that really did shatter my world. And even though to this day, like me and my dad are really, really close, like that is my main man. And so um, I had to overcome a lot of that. But for a long time in my life, like I was, I had to learn to, well, I decided to hide who I was or how I was really feeling. And I was the bubbly, happy, optimistic Rachel, which I naturally am today right now. But for the longest time, like how I really felt was hidden. And actually my mom a few weeks ago or like a month or so ago was looking through some grade school pictures of me. And she said, you really looked sad. She said, you were sad. And I said, yeah, I was. For a long time, I was sad. And I, for a long time, I also, as I went through school and to college and started work, I just didn't know who I was or if I really had a purpose. Everyone would always say, you have a purpose, but I didn't know where my, what mine was or how to find it or what to really do. It wasn't until the brain tumor. I was always chasing the money, basically, or what I could do. Yes, I got my degree and then I'm in communication and a minor in English. But, and then I went into television, but I was in the, not but, I was in the sales department and that was a lot of fun. Uh, and then I moved to corporate and but it was unfulfilling. It did not fill me in any way. And I was just trying to 
figure out where I fit and how to do what I was supposed to do, what God created me for. And then I, so I went, before I did actually get into corporate when I graduated, I started in retail and I also served at a few restaurants. So I was a server in, in retail. And then after the corporate experience, I went back to retail and I was the manager of a showroom. And that's when the grade three brain tumor was discovered. Wow. So <clears throat> speaking about that, that diagnosis, mm-hmm. um, how, how did the, what was the initial reaction? Like what, um, what was, what was the gut check? I mean, what, what did you immediately experience in that moment? Oh, that is a good question. I don't think I've been asked that question before. It's a good one. Um, I, I really honestly don't know. I remember hearing God tell me because I passed out before heading to work. So I was on my way to t- uh, wow. dance class to some mm-hmm. in the showroom because uh, I am a Zumba instructor and I love teaching dance classes. I love to dance. And I was headed to teach a dance class to some young girls. And I passed out in the garage across the street before even making it over to the showroom. And I just mm-hmm. were hearing and feeling God say, I've got this. Watch me work. And so I, I really didn't have a chance to really feel anything because God is amazing. He's awesome, as we know. And a lady was coming down the garage in the nick of time. And she kind of pulled to the side to me of me and stopped and asked, would you like me to call someone for you? And I gratefully told her yes, because I had no idea what was going on because I had never passed mm-hmm. before. And so, yeah. What, what was, uh, what was, what's unconsciousness like? Cause I've, I've never passed out. I've never, I've actually never been put to sleep for any kind of operation or so. What, what is, what is that like? Is it just like a sleep? I think so. I, it went so fast. I really don't know. I just know I was, and I honestly, now that you're asking this question, I don't know how long I was really out. I feel mm-hmm. still backwards and then. Uh, the lady was stopping and asking me if I needed anything, but I do remember falling straight backwards after getting all of my things out of my car, my materials, all my backpack, and then laying there for a minute, like what just happened. So it was really kind of a, a confusing feeling, mm-hmm. had no idea. And that was the first time I had ever passed out. Wow. Okay. So, um, now you have this diagnosis. What, um, what, what was the treatment plan? What, what was the day's weeks, months ahead for you? Like, so it started pretty quick. Um, so I passed out June 4th, 2016. And then it was just, so then we went to a 24 hour emergency room and then I was transferred to Baylor, uh, because it was discovered at the 24 hour emergency room. And then I had to get a CT scan and the MRI and all the things. So to identify what it really was, then I had a biopsy and then I had brain surgery July 1st because the brain tumor was a growing brain tumor. And so it had to be removed. So they removed it. And then by the grace of God, it was on my pineal gland because normally mm-hmm tumor is at the front or the top of your head or brain it is more detrimental and so it was able to be removed and we're claiming it's never coming back and so after brain surgery then I went through radiation and then I went through chemo and that is when I was bald twice ah got it 
yes. And now he has fully restored me to uh, how I was before the brain tumor. And I just really believe that God had to physically break me to help me and get me on the path that he wanted me to be on. Yeah, it's interesting you say that, but before I'm, I make this point, did so when you when you lost your your hair, uh, did it come did it come back? You know, was it straight before and come back curly, or was it curly before and then it come back straight? I've heard that happening before. Yes, totally. No, um, it came back curly. It's just straight today. I uh, I uh-huh. had it straight for three years, and so it's it's back. I didn't realize how long it had gotten, and I'm just praising God and thanking God for it. It's such a blessing. Yeah. That's awesome. So Rachel, what I want to touch on is, um, you know, that just the incredible amount of faith that, that you had in under, you know, hearing that diagnosis and having faith and trust in God that he was going to deliver you and you, you didn't need, you didn't have anything to worry about. Um, and I think that's important in, you know, one of the things that, um, that I say to, to people is I, I'll, I hold small meetings, small group meetings with, with guys, especially, um, not necessarily in the addiction community, but just in general, because I, you know, when, when Jesus ascended, ascended up to heaven, he said to us, um, go into all the world and, and make disciples and baptizing in the name of the father and of the son and the Holy spirit. And uh, it doesn't go. It doesn't say go out and save people. Um, it says go out and make disciples. And for me, discipling is such a, an important aspect of the Christian walk in the in the way that when you lead somebody to Christ, or when somebody has been led to Christ, somebody has has to help them walk that out, you know, um, and be a pattern and an example and a uh, a friend to somebody and for you, you know, you, I think you had a great family structure, um, you know, attending church and, you know, I always had that too. And that's not, that's something as I got, I've gotten older that I don't take for granted anymore. Uh, I'm so, I'm so thankful that, you know, aside from, from doctrine and theology and all that kind of stuff, it was, it was the foundation of, um, belief in in god of of the bible because um you know as i've gotten older and i've i've drawn closer to the lord and i have just such a desire to want to know him at a higher level um it really is is just an amazing development for me you know um but you know going back to you having that faith and and trusting in the lord because in what's and and I have to be honest with you. It, I'd say probably three or four years ago, I wouldn't I wouldn't say this with confidence and comfort. But the worst thing that can happen to me is that I die. <laughs> you know, and that's I'm, I am okay with that. You know, and I think I think when you're when you have satisfaction in the fact that no matter what happens on this earth, when um, when your body is when your body fails you, you know, you, you know where your spirit is, is going to be and, um, you know, and calling out to him in your weakness because I think weakness produces stronger faith. And I think you're, you're a strong testimony to that. Amen. 
agree. Um, so let me uh, kind of switch gears here a little bit. What? Tell me a little bit about your your daily routine. So you you start your day pretty early, and that, if I remember right, that that's a pattern that your mom set for you, right? Yes, good memory. Yes. So and, and so I want you to talk about that a little bit. But the point I want to make here to people is that parents <laughs> set these patterns for your kids, whether you think it's soaking in or not, whether you you're trying to drill it in, you know, establishing these principles to our children is so important um, as, as parents. But so tell me a little bit about your day. <laughs> okay. Well, I kind of want to piggyback off of what you said before I head into yeah. the day. But uh, my mom says that you give your children their opinions early and that way it'll help them not stray from it. And you know what? She really is right. Okay. It took me a while to get here, but I am here and my faith and my foundation was built solid growing up. And I would ask her often why she woke up so early because when my dad left and everything and she was um, a single mother basically of me and my sister. And so I'm like, you're waking up this early to get me and my sister to school and getting yourself to work on time. It's just now clicking now what it, what all she really went through. Cause I'm like, she was about my age that I am now going through all of this. And I'm like, I don't know how I would have done it, but yes, now I wake up at 3 AM because I run a program called early mornings with a dose of Jesus. And I ask my EMDJers to give me 10 minutes, but the goal is really five minutes or less. And I give them an affirmation, encouragement, verses, and a song and tell them to have a productive day in Jesus's name. And mm -hmm. before I can do this at six o'clock to encourage them, I need the Lord to encourage me and strengthen me, important to me before I pour out to others. So I wake up at a.m. I um, send encouraging texts to people. I have a list of people that I text in the morning. And then I prepare lemon water and an orange and um, have my quiet time with Jesus. I also wash my face, brush my teeth, and I do affirmations in the mirror while I look at myself in the eyes. And mm -hmm. there are the majority of them are scriptures that I say to encourage myself. And then at the very end, I tell myself, today is a great day to have a great blessed day. I love you, chick. Mm -hmm. And I wink at myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but then I go and awesome. I'm with the Lord and he just really refuels me and re-energizes me and pours into me. And then I'm able to pour out to others and encourage them. And if I did not start with him, I have no idea what my day would look like. I can't believe I used to not do this. It is just so imperative for me now. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, what are those? What are some of those promises? Those affirmations that you give to yourself? What are the, some of those scriptures? God is my source, my only source. I trust Him with everything, in with everything. Um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. I also tell, me, tell myself, because I told you I have been lost and confused for the majority of my life. Now it's all about Proverbs 16.3. Commit your ways to the Lord and your plans will be established. So I'm doing everything I can to commit my plans to the Lord. And then also I have to seek first 
his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to me. I'm also at peace beyond all understanding. Philippians 4, 7. The other one was Matthew 6, 33. But Philippians 4, 7 peace beyond all understanding like I just ah and then also I have to reassure myself John 10 27 I know God's voice Jesus says my sheep know my voice they follow me they listen to me and follow I know them and they follow me that's what it is I know them and they follow me but yeah that's awesome and uh, you know Rachel I want to take a second here and and you know, listening to what you're saying and, and these routines and these patterns that you develop for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I told you, you know, a, a majority of, of my audience are, um, are people who are, are currently in addiction. Now I said, they're currently in addiction or they may be in recovery. What I didn't say is they were unbelievers or they could be. Um, but I, th- I think in, in the addiction community, community, what I'm realizing more and more is that Christians themselves are really struggling with addiction. So, um, you know, having, having faith and, and belief in, in Jesus Christ and uh, in the finished work he did on the cross um, is, is a separate uh, topic in, in terms of, of addiction or not. Because addiction, I think, really touches us all. But um, what I really want to pull out is, is the pattern that you're setting for yourself, I think, is a, a good pattern for somebody who is struggling with addiction. And, hey, whether it's a, it's a guy or a, a gal, um, the, the principles of, of having that discipline and, and doing it is all the same because God will find you in whatever state you're in. And uh, he, he – you know, I think we talked about this in our in our intake call, Rachel. Um, is, is Jeremiah chapter twenty nine? You had to tell me the verse, but uh, when we seek Him with all of our heart, yep. right? Um, thirteen. And there's also twelve. So it's twenty nine thirteen. Yeah, twelve and thirteen. Um, and there's also twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, right? So. Um, his his plan is perfect, and his his will and his just just who he is 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 all good all the time. And you know, before, like I was telling you before, um, we we got on we got on live here as I'm I'm doing a Bible study right now, and I'm studying the Book of Leviticus. Um, and so I've, obviously, I've gone through Genesis and Exodus, and I've never really took it step by step like that. I've I've probably read the whole Bible, but uh, not in any kind of sequence or anything like that. So this is my first, shall I say, adventure in doing that. But there's so much content in the Bible, even though you may have read it before, there's things that you overlook. There's always a treasure to find. Yep. And um, one of the things that I saw in Leviticus, and this kind of goes into apologetics and I, I like watching Christian apologetics. I think it's very interesting because I, there's a there's part of this ministry where you know I've got a lot of people that say that they don't believe God exists or they're you know they're atheist or uh, and hey I I think skepticism and, and asking questions is is great um, but I have I have sometimes I read the Bible with the mindset of what an atheist and 
unbeliever actually see. And what I hear a lot of times is when we're reading Old Testament scripture, um, God is a God of wrath and, um, you know, this tyrannical uh, being. And if you read in the book of Leviticus, he's establishing his law with his people. You know, it doesn't say the whole world. And I think people get that confused, but the Bible tells us that Israel and those people are his chosen people. And he, he used that nation to teach the whole world who he is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that he carried out this wrath and this judgment on, on all peoples. He did it to, his, to, to the people of Israel. So that's one thing. But the other thing is, is that a Levitical law and the priesthood and the Levites, you know, he established, you know, what was right, what was wrong, the, the Hebrew law. And it's not so much about his expectations. It's, it's more about just his level of holiness, mm-hmm. how, how righteous he is and how fallen and sinful we are, you know, and, I it, it's I hate it that it's got to be that way, but as you know, to, to dwell in the pleasant, the presence of God, uh, you you know you can't stand His glory. I mean, it's just I mean you're talking about the Creator of this universe. <laughs> uh, it, that's a power and authority. Just His spoken word is is powerful. Um, but and people just kind of you know get get those things kind of crossed up and. But all that being said, all the laws that have been established, he knew from the beginning that we couldn't do it on our own. We couldn't do it in the flesh. And, uh, you know, that, that gives more reason to the need for a Messiah, the need for a Savior, the coming of, of Jesus Christ, and um, being, you know, taking the weight of sin of this world so we have a clear path to the Father. You know, and, and we, we can live eternally. Um, and I also want to mention this, talking about Exodus and how Pharaoh's heart was hardened. You know, for me, it says a lot about how hardened our, our we can we can turn our hearts from God when he shows up in our life. And, you know, I can't explain this human body and how it functions every day without questioning how, how it got here because it, it didn't come from nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it went, when, when God was dealing with Pharaoh, he, it took 10 plagues, uh, to, um, to get him to free the slaves of, uh, of Israel. And, um, he, there was 10, 10 different times that at least that we know of that he had a choice to accept God and, and do it, do what he wanted him to do or to keep having his heart hardened. And we can, our heart can be hardened as uh, the amount of times that we turn off from the gospel and turn off ourselves from the Lord. And really all he wants is for us to have a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that for me, you know, that's, that's the whole story of the Bible. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, Rachel, I, I ask you, um, as somebody from the outside looking in, um, into what, what you know about people that are struggling with addiction. Um, I can tell you that I look at some of our, 
uh, popular music at, that we see in the secular world. Like I just watched a documentary about Juice World, um, who's a rapper, died two years ago at 21 years old from an overdose from um, Percocet, prescription pain medication, um, codeine, like cough syrup. Uh, they, f- they found him. Well, he didn't find him. He, he got off a plane in Chicago getting ready to celebrate his um, his 21st birthday. Um, and his lyrics are just full of the glorification of, of using drugs and alcohol and just this lifestyle. And that's the, uh, that's the example that's being set in our, in our culture. So being an outside looking in and what you know about addiction, uh, what, what would your message of encouragement be to somebody who's struggling with, with, uh, dependency and, and substance abuse? So first and foremost, my number one rule or step, even in the book, is turn to God. God first, always. He will help you get through it. You have already mentioned a few times about dependence fully on him, and that's what he really wants for us anyway. We are not weak. He, well, we are weak, our little weakling. We are weaklings, but he knows that. He created us this way, but that's why we're supposed to depend on him and depend on him fully. I would like to piggyback off of what you were just talking about. And you, um, I agree that I do not know about addiction, substance abuse, or anything like that, but I will say I was addicted to my flesh. I was addicted mm-hmm. to my sin and what Rachel wanted to do. I was definitely on Rachel's plan until God physically broke me to get me on the path that he wanted me to be on. I was continuously doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result until the brain tumor. And that literally just came to me just now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. But like I was addicted to sin. I was addicted to what Rachel wanted to do. And that was dance, but dance for the wrong reason dance for um, my glory and what I wanted to do. And while I was trying out for all the different dance teams, including Dallas Mavericks dancers, just putting that out there, like this is real. (laughs) um, Like I would try to reason with God as to how I would bring him into this or how I would let his light shine through me. And he continuously told me no. And I continuously tried to do what I wanted to do, or I thought I could or should be doing until the brain tumor. And he set that up so perfectly, how he orchestrated my job changes at the time, how I went back to retail, and then the company that I was under and how they, they basically set up the business plan that I am running right now because they were so interested in their employees and what they wanted to do. So I basically created this business plan that I'm running right now with R. Lindsay Unlimited from something I created way before the brain tumor even happened. Before I even like thought about any of this, like I was already working on it and I'm just like, okay, Lord. But even in that position, like I was still trying to run the Rachel show until the brain tumor. So my encouragement is to Trust what God is telling you, where he's leading you, where he's pulling you to. You know what you need to do. Hold his hand and do it. All you have to do is move, guide you, and direct you. Mm-hmm. He's got it. Anyway. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, you know, I was, <clears throat> I had a year-end meeting uh, with uh, the people on my team uh, I work with, and I was going over some of the just normal business stuff and 
um, I kind of ended the uh, the meeting. I always, every time I have a, a you know a large group meeting like that, I always end it with something that's thought provoking. Um, and it was um, this kind of cycle pattern of, um, you know, what tough times can cause. And so it goes like this. I said, tough times create weak people. I'm sorry, tough times create strong people. Strong people create easy times. And easy times creates weak people. And weak people create tough times. And it's a, it's just a, um, a cycle that we see generationally. Uh, we see, you know, you can, you can view that in a, in a period of a, a year, or you can view that generationally. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, there's a lot of truth in that. And I said, and I, I, we're getting ready to ramp up in our business. And I said, where, where do you think we are? Um, and I said, I don't need an answer, but it's, it's something that, that we need to think about in terms of, you know, what we take for granted, um, the, the path that we're on. Do we ever let our struggle and our circumstances dictate to us how we're going to feel or how we're going to approach the day or how we view life in general? Because I think there's, even though you go through tough times, you go through periods of uh, depression or, or addiction or whatever it is, there's something to be learned in that. And I, I can tell you, I'll tell this to the day I die. I'll go through my period of addiction and, and my struggle again, knowing what I know now and knowing where it brought me, you know? So there's always something to be learned in the struggle. And going back to what I said about, um, how God used the people of Israel to establish his plan and, and who he was to, to, to all the world, they went through a lot of struggle, but sometimes, if and all the time, it's it's part of it. It's necessary, um, in in this walk, this this walk we have. But you know, one thing, it, the main thing that Jesus promised that He'll never leave us or forsake us, and uh, He didn't He didn't promise us an easy life and you know um, all these materialistic uh, things because it's not. And always this sign of, of blessing. I think it's favor. I think, uh, you know, having provision and, and nice things, there's nothing wrong with that. But ultimately, uh, God cares more about your character than he does your comfort. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. So, um, that I don't, I don't never look at my struggle. I shouldn't say never. Sometimes I get down on myself. Right. Uh, but I'm, Condition enough in, in in my walk with the Lord that I need to figure out what He's trying to walk walk me through and teach me in that moment. So He's because He's always going to be there. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yep. So as we um as we kind of wrap up, do you, do you have something else that you want to share with us? Thank you. Uh, if you are looking to reach out, which I hope you are, I would love to connect with each and every one of you. My email address is rlindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, unlimited at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at rlindsayunlimited, and that's Lindsay with an A, and 
E. And my website is www.rlindsayunlimited.com. And yeah, and LinkedIn is Rachel McCants. And that's R-A-C-H-E-L McCants, M-C-C-A-N as in Nancy, T as in Tom, S. Thank you so much for having me. And also information to sign up for Early Mornings with a Dose of Jesus. The new membership cycle will be starting January 10th and go through March 25th. And that will be on the website. So you can check that out and sign up or we can chat about it. I'm happy to do either. I look forward to connecting with you. Yeah, well, you know what? I do want to mention one more thing. You talked about uh, being addicted to your flesh. And uh, I, I want to, I just want to, talk about that just for a second because um the desires of this flesh uh is is what gets us in trouble <laughs> right you know from from every satisfaction easy life escape from reality because uh you know addiction the opposite of addiction is not sobriety the opposite of addiction is is connection is relationship with people because I find a lot of times that people uh, who are in addiction are that's just a symptom of a, a, a deeper rooted problem, uh, and yeah, uh, the, the as cliche as this may sound, walking with the Lord and and seeking His will and getting on your knees and crying out to Him and calling uh, calling on Him, He He will answer. I mean, it has never failed. And I think about sometimes I, you know, when I look at look back on my life, uh, and my upbringing, like your upbringing, being being around people who who were not perfect, who were imperfect people, who had struggles all their own, who made a lot of mistakes. They set a they set a pattern of um, trusting in the Lord too, you know. Because um, if I didn't have that, man, I don't I don't know where I'd be, you know. Um, and I have never known. I don't know, but I don't know if this is true for you. But I have never known somebody that I directly have, have been associated with to ever regret living a Christian life. <laughs> never. It never fails you. I don't. It, it, you know, has anybody? I've never known somebody to say, you know, the closer I got to the Lord, the further I wanted to run away. You know, it's always the exact opposite. And when it talks about in the book of Ezekiel, a lot of people, you know, their theology is a little bit different. Um, but when I look at Old Testament scripture, I, I see a lot of ignorant sin. And, you know, where they, they had to be taught and basically hand-fed as to what to do and what not to do. But, you know, in Ezekiel, it talks about that, um, you know, creating uh, creating a, a person um, with a heart uh, that already knows they already know their sin. You know, it's written because it, he talks about writing it on our hearts, and it's like a uh, this, the moral code is already there, uh, and we also have a moral code that, that that God is real and He's He's there. It just requires us to seek Him. You know, and um, yeah. Uh, I could talk about this stuff for <laughs> for a couple of hours, but we're going to wrap up. So, um, Rachel, I I really appreciate you uh, reaching out to me 
and, um, you know, wanting to be on the show. Um, whether you realize or not, I know you, you've not struggled with addiction, but that's not important. Uh, I know that what you have to share and your influence, and like I told you, you're a joyful person. I see, I see light just, you know, coming through you. So, uh, you, 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 you're going to impact a lot of people, um, not just from, from this, this podcast, but, uh, whatever you do. And I, I just, I speak a blessing over you, your family, uh, your, that your days ahead, that you just, you just walk in the favor of the Lord. So thank you so much for, for coming on today. Thank you so much. I receive it all. I claim it with you. And uh, I say the same back to you. I send the same blessing, the same love, just all back to you. Um, but thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Okay. God bless. Thank you for listening to our podcast. I hope it touched you in a special way. I encourage all of you who are listening to ask God to help you overcome the strongholds of your addiction, and I promise you he will answer. And for those of you who are in recovery, I hope that this gives you encouragement to continue to fight through the temptation of having any thought of going back to your previous life. It does get better in the days ahead. Please don't forget to subscribe to our channel so you get notified when we post new content. And if you feel so inclined, leave us some feedback. I'm always interested to know how we are helping and understand how we can make this a better experience. Thank you, and God bless you. Never gave up on me. You never gave up on me. You are my testimony. Oh, you never gave.